Hi, my name is Flip Awesome Aguilera, and welcome to Wait, the show where I find interesting people just like you and discover what's going on between their ears. Now, let's get to know one another. What's good, everybody? Flip Awesome Aguilera here, and welcome to another episode of Wait. Today's mantra or thought of the day is changing your interpretation of the past is often just as good as changing your past. So be mindful of those stories that you're telling yourself, how you're telling them, and how you might be able to change how you tell them. So if you check it out over here, I have a fantastic, fresh-looking face over here, and this is Morgan Denai. Denai, how do I never really got how to say your last name correctly. It's Denai. Denai. Morgan Denai. And Morgan is somebody I hold very dear Morgan and I met in Miami through a mutual friend of our name, James, who's an, also an amazing person. And mm-hmm. she helped me a lot when I was with clients. And my, my clients loved her because she is amazing. And uh, that is the reason that I kept sending her back because I always got good feedback from any time Morgan ended up hanging out with any of my clients. So that is how I ended up meeting Morgan. But Morgan, tell us a little bit more about you, your journey, what you've been going through, what you've been through, all that fun stuff. Okay. <laughs> That's a long story, but I'll, I'll you know, narrow it down. <laughs> um, so I am actually coming to you from Southern California. I am, today is the year anniversary that I left Miami to move across country. And so I'm here in Orange County and I am a core and dance recovery coach and mentor. In a nutshell, I am a dancer and I work with dance therapy and core uh, recovery and strength, somatic trauma recovery. Um, I am a thriver with a past lived history of mental illness um, and have come to the other side. So here I am at 52 years old, just I feel like I've kind of uh, come to the party. I'm I'm here ready for the party in these times, you know, you know, and I say that actually in a very joyful, but also sober way, committed to being in joy and being in health and service and creative expression and community and just walking that path of wholeness in, in that, in that commitment to wholeness, being in love, you know, walking in love and what that takes, you know, supporting others in that process as well. All right. Awesome. So there was a lot of information there. So <laughs> it was a lot of information. Let's, let's, start to, let's start to break it apart. So you said core and dance recovery therapy, and you said a whole host of other things, but let's start with the core and dance recovery therapy. What even got you into something and what even is core and dance recovery? <laughs> well, um, so basically this was just a, a calling, you know, that I felt quite a while ago. I don't know that there is, this is a term that a lot of people use. It's something that kind of represents what I've been putting together in my walk of over about 25 years of of study and practice and working and uh, my own as well, my own concurrent healing process as well. So with when I speak about uh, core and dance recovery. It's really looking at, first of all, core, obviously the first thing might be 
uh, the idea of working with the physical core, with so the let's, let's center of the body. Let's talk about that a second. What do you sure. consider is the core so that we can really give people an understanding? Because I know what you and I think is the core, but yeah. you know how, how many people have dug into the core <laughs> like we have? So yeah. what do you even mean when you say so, the core? Well, and so when I say in terms of the core, physically and then there's the core emotionally spiritually mentally and so yes. i'm working with all of those levels um but yeah the core being in kind of coming at it first from the physical element so often people will have that idea first you just go right to just the abs and then that six-pack idea yeah <laughs> you know which is a part of it the core being really and i and i kind of talk about i really relate to it from kind of the the extended family of the core as well. The core being our center, being our, uh, yes, our abdominal muscles, those deeper muscles as well, down into the pelvic floor, also how that affects into our pelvis, into our, the hip mobility, how we connect into our posture, how we connect into our breath would also, and we know this can go on also. Yeah. This is a seminar, a multiple seminars in itself into how our nervous system is being calibrated, how that impacts our mental health, our mood regulation, our hormonal regulation, but the core also in that physical level being um, our center of, of movement, of the uh, balance in our movement, of the, the strength of our movement. And that impacts us on so many levels chakra wise as well how we connect with ourselves how we connect to the earth how we ground and that's even in that physical way of the muscles our creative center our digestive center and all of these things be there's the muscular aspect and that even impacts the tissues the soft tissues that impacts our digestion that impacts our nervous system how our tissues are actually holding our story you know, as you spoke, started with the mantra, and that's also from that somatic perspective, body-based perspective, the intelligence of our bodies. We know when we speak about our centers, our bellies, our core, our intuition, our feelings, we feel things in this area as well. So when it's functioning and intact and we're connected to it, it impacts us on so many different levels. It's so much more than a surface aesthetic that actually is also you know that's great i mean wonderful we are works of art we our bodies are temples they're the the home for our spirits and they are a reflection of our spirits as well so there's there's not a separation in that way but to have that all be connected so that we are free in our movement we're strong in our movement for the rest of our lives we can have that. Amazing. Very deep explanation there. That's kind of how I, <laughs> I have to work mm -hmm. on trying to start at this place and then go. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you even discover all of this for yourself? You know, that's it. I don't really know to tell you the truth. I really don't know where it all started. I'll, I'll say um, dance and we'll say the core, that whole element. I would say that kind of probably the awareness of that started as a very young child uh, being drawn to belly dance. You know, seeing my first true professional belly dancer at a very, very young age and just being really mesmerized, like, this is special. This is amazing. I was very young. 
and that embodiment that that divine embodiment of the feminine of the goddess and um, that power you know very strong and powerful and expressive that creative expression that life force that was coming forth i mean i didn't have all those words at that age but i knew something was going on there <laughs> just doors kind of opened Dance was always a part of my life, just organically, not so much about lessons and performance as much as just being a dancer, needing to dance, loving to dance. And then in my late 20s and the 90s, I was, it was all just kind of following intuition. I was called to study belly massage. I started studying Chinate Song, which is an ancient Chinese Taoist healing art. And uh, my teacher was wonderful, Allison Post in Tucson, Arizona. And um, she also was teaching kind of her own kind of distilled down and also very user-friendly perspective on breath work and the belly and energy work um, called Unwinding the Belly. That was kind of, that's her book. That was a real turning point for me. I was about 28 and I was, I was called to also at that time, that came at the time when I was feeling a calling to teach dance as a healing art. It just was part of this, it was a, just a spiritual calling. I can't really say that there was some... You know, it was just, it came from within as I was doing my own inner healing work to heal from trauma. I felt the calling and it started with a calling to teach belly dance as a healing art. So I was doing breath work, energy work, guided visualization. And then I came across this teaching as well. And I just had that vision at that, around that age when I was kind of, kind of waking up to my, my, pa my passion, my purpose and, and this healing path that I was going to be working with dance and working with the belly with the center, working with women, but I'd say even saying the divine feminine, because there are definitely men who come through, you know, I specialize a lot with women. I'm definitely open to working with men who feel this calling and this draw to do this. So you've brought up the word somatic or somatotype already a handful of times. What does that mean to you? Well, just to put it in a nutshell, I'd say somatic really means to me um, working with the bo body, specifically body-based, and also working with the intelligence of the body. When we do that, we're not just looking at the body as like a machine to control or something that's disconnected from our whole selves that we want to get a performance out of, but it's really listening. It's going inside and listening to what the body has to say and how it can guide us so that we're a lot more kind of moving from the inside out. Before we transition to the next question, I would like to get your journey from how you got from mental illness to learning how to walk in love. Well, that's definitely a continual process, yeah. a day to day, moment by moment, you know, process too. So I, uh, that was actually all happening kind of concurrently as well. Felt a calling at about 25 to start. Well, I, it, was, it wasn't like I was just sitting there. Oh, I feel a calling. I needed to save my own life, basically. You know, I was on the edge. And what did you need it, to save your life from? First of all, just not completely breaking down and giving up. It was a kind of a turning point. It was a, a, a wake-up call. My... My dad was dying of cancer, I found out, and I was extremely attached to him. And so I kind of felt like I would die if he died, which is really something you want to heal. <laughs> but do so you I, think, before you go on, do you think a piece of you does die when a parent dies? You know? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge loss to go through yeah. by all means. Um, and I do think that, yes, in that way of such a deep loss and part of our life, so to speak, this person that we're, we're connected to, although that connection, of course, continues on in spirit. But this was more of a codependent dysfunctional element okay. where really, it was really, it was just time that I had to really kind of, it was a turning point where mm -hmm. I was going to really need to really connect because all the stuff that had been accumulating needed to shift. And so, but that, this process has been kind of an ongoing process of the, I'd say the wounded healer's journey, doing healing work and studying healing work and being very committed to that work, but having to keep going deeper in your own process to heal that. And as you're learning to do that and actually embody that, that process of healing and transformation, being able to support others to do the same thing. So it's kind of like the heal, it's the teaching as you go as well. I would say that, that, that going through the mental illness and that it was like bouts of mental illness, you know, breakdown, going into severe depression, dissociation, uh, psychosis at certain points, you know, but not like all the time, you know, but just hitting these places. And then coming back from that, that was part of learning self-love. That was part of learning more and more about love. First of all, you have to believe you can heal. That's one of the biggest pieces. And, and knowing that it's going to be a commitment on all levels. It's the way you live. It's the way you think, which affects, of course, the way you live. It's lifestyle. It's working with, for me, my perspective. And I really respect everybody to have their own truth. So it's always, of course, important for us to share our own truth and perspective so that those who find that to be supportive can, can kind of be, can be a lighthouse for that. But I really believe in the power of spiritual healing, spiritual work. Um, I, don't, I don't believe that we're alone here. I believe that there are, there's a, a source, a divine source, and that we come from that and that source is is made of love and that's what we're made of but it's that practice it's the practice of connecting to that inner divinity and that in that guidance and that that is such a powerful healing presence it can transform so many so many situations conditions because mental illness is also a physical experience you know and everybody has there are different labels and terms and and experiences, but um, it does manifest in the body as well. So it's a commitment on all levels to heal and to practice that. And that's, that's a very big, you know, piece. It's for me, it's been spiritual practice. It's been lifestyle. It's uh, creative expression. You know, dance is actually one of my tools uh, for healing. And that's been my personal process and also the way that I support others. And it's being willing, and again, this is my own perspective, but it's being willing to let go of also places that can be a comfort zone in the misery, where we can, it's kind of like you're burrowing under the covers in the darkness, you know? And um, it can be scary to face life because when you open up, you're going to get in touch with those more vulnerable feelings, but you're also going to get in touch with more of the joy and more of the, the freedom that comes with that. Thank you for sharing uh, 
part of who you are and how you've become who you are with us. And But now we're going to transition to the next part of the show, which is, again, what this show is all about. So Morgan, can you please share with us what's been engaging your thoughts lately? Oh, gosh, oh, there's a lot going on these days, right? Yeah. Um, what's been engaging my my thoughts a lot lately. You know, one of the things that being focused on how can I show up in these times most most clearly and just being really aware of the energies that we're dealing with, the the struggles that are that are going on internally and externally, that we're in that like really delicate place of facing a lot of shadow in ourselves and in society and in our institutions, looking at a lot of things that needed for social change, but also being clear about where are we headed? You know, how do, how do we, how do we want to each individually hold ourselves and hold our energy and our actions kind of be there for each other as well so that we're, we're safe. You know, we're like, for me, a lot of how is my presence or my energy impacting other people how can i most clearly find my way in these times and find my most joyful expression and also connect with other people who are looking for that you know kind of people that that want to build a love-based reality you know and want to celebrate us being ourselves and creating communities that are based on that and based on good human decency, creative solutions, and quality of life. So that as the break, the, all this stuff is breaking down, the way we've been treating the earth, the way we've been treating each other, all the different isms, racism, sexism, ageism. I mean, there are so many uh, homophobia. There's so many isms that we've developed, you know, out of this fear-based reality, but how can we just being really aware of connecting with people who I feel that synergy with, because we're, we're creating, you know, we're always creating, but we're really at that pivotal time to create something. We know what we don't want, but let's create what we do want. So one of the first things you brought up when I asked you this question is the shadow. So tell us more about your concept of the shadow, where you even got the idea of the shadow some of the things you are doing to try to work with the shadow, right? Because the shadow is not necessarily just a bad thing. It's part of who each of us are. And it's yeah. embracing that and not, not trying to push it away. So again, just tell us more about your thoughts on the shadow. Okay. So I, I think probably the, the idea of the shadow was introduced to me or that I really started to recognize it or work with it. Um, was when I started seeking to heal, doing spiritual healing work on for myself, and um, being introduced to the concept of fear-based and love-based reality, and recognizing that we are in a reality of duality, and there is the shadow and there is the light. We have both going on. So yeah, absolutely having to face that. And and I ran away. Oh my goodness, that's that's when I've really gotten in trouble. Is when I've run away, um, or not wanted to face the shadow or my shadow, I'll say, immediately shift and change or take responsibility for first. So the shadow being, you know, those repressed places, it can be those repressed places. It can be a lot around creative expression as well. 
It can be our wounds, our traumas, but how do we, when we transmute those, can be shifted into our, our greatest gifts. I would say doing, you know, trauma recovery work and working with creative expression, that has been something that I feel really strongly about is that transmuting that pain and the story into art and into like a determination as opposed to giving up that victim and just giving up wanting to break down and all that, but really saying, I want to embrace this, you know, and how can I face this and get stronger in facing it, claiming it, telling the story instead of repressing it. When did this get on your radar, the shadow and that, that that's something you should even be paying attention to? At, at a pretty young age, I'd say in my 20s, probably. And then more recently, other, other work with Carolyn Miss. She does a lot of good work with the shadow. She's pretty unrelenting and in that us, way. Tell us more about Carolyn. Um, well, she's a mystic, a spiritual teacher, and she... She works with archetypes. So we very, have these very union. Yeah. And, and recognizing that we have these different archetypes in us. Or, you know, we, may, we have certain things that we are, that are more who we are. We grab it or we, that we, you know, embody. But mm-hmm. it's not like we can control that. It's, it's, part of our, it's part of our contract. You know, we have to walk it out and transmute it in our walk. And um, just how our shadows, the stuff that we hide away if we don't bring it into light to deal with it how that gets kind of manifested into society into our our way of relating into our relationships you know anybody who is actually just being really straightforward about these things i think is really a powerful teacher and i know again that for me the the dangerous place has been when i wasn't willing to to face things So I think that in these times, we have a really great opportunity because there's so much that's up. I mean, the shadow stuff that we don't want to deal with or look at, it is right there. But on the other side of this, as we're we're doing this work, you know, it can be very raw and very intense and, and challenging to transmute it. What do you mean when you say create safe spaces? And whose responsibility is that? I believe first that, we need to create that for ourselves. And that's self-love is where we're doing that. We're creating boundaries. Everybody doesn't know about that or hasn't been introduced to it. That's an important piece is being somebody. It doesn't, you know, it's not just about doing a class or teaching a group or doing that in your business. It's, it's, it's how we walk in the world. Focusing on that in our own, in our own energy, it comes back to that being a decent human being with others as well. So that you know, we're not um, kind of acting out our triggers on each other. That's important, you know, that's important because it's not just about saying people get to act any way they want. If they're triggered, other people just have to deal with it. They're going to choose to be safe or not. You know, yeah, we have to filter stuff and say, you know, but we all also need to, I believe it's important for us to be conscious in our in ourselves. And then other things I would say um, safe spaces is in the groups that we we're in, in the way that we just relate to each other. Again, um, finding like-minded or harmonious community groups that you get together with socially, professionally, all kinds of ways. I think the community is just a huge piece in general too. How we act in our families, 
how we're treating the earth so many different ways you know i mean you know that there are always there are certain, there are people in your life you just you just feel good with them they just feel like you know they're going to treat you well and that you can be yourself and you you want to be yourself anyway but that's you know easier said than done and figuring out what that is as well just kind of having each other's backs you know what have you been doing ever since you moved from miami to la how have things evolved onward with you what have you been working on what have you been focusing on you know more directly moving out here so i'm i'm about an hour south of la and about a, a little over an hour north of san diego so i'm kind of in between the two places and it's been an interesting experience beautiful beautiful place to be as well i feel like i landed well in terms of uh, the pandemic with everything kind of coming up but when i came out here uh, my intention was to connect a lot more into the different the different things that are going on in this area um so that's been definitely a navigational piece i'm still you know an interesting thing to be doing because a lot of it is happening online right now with the with the pandemic so finding your way at this point i've been doing a lot of work kind of with a rebranding in terms of bringing things full circle because over the last 20 years, I've been on the East Coast doing the different work that I do and focusing on different, you know, my specialization. So coming out here was really about bringing things more full circle. And I'm definitely still in that process um, and focusing a lot more with this kind of bringing everything together so that I'm not just doing one element of, say, fitness work or one element of massage work, but really offering this kind of comprehensive process and program. I've been doing a lot of work on just redesigning my website and reworking a lot of things internally. It's been a lot of internal work as well, my own internal work. Building community, slowly building community out here. I'm working with my program of core recovery and strength and dance, dance therapy connecting with more people locally you know you have to find each other too and that's an interesting process when you move across the country to a whole new place in that way locally i'm working on uh, i'm connecting with other people and starting to collaborate with i just two weeks ago before i just went on a little trip and just came back was working with two other women and we're work i was doing the dance therapy portion and guided meditation an online kind of uh mini course and then one of them was actually focusing more on working with something called melt. If you've heard of that, working with a soft foam roller and working with the soft tissues of the body. I do, as a massage therapist, I do some of that kind of general stuff, but she was kind of going into her work and her work with the diaphragm. And then another woman was kind of Q&A with us in MC. It was an unexpected twist and turn to hit the pandemic. So I've been kind of just navigating you know, that whole whole process of being all online as things start to open up a little more, being able to create, you know, community in locally in person. Could you give us a little bit of insight of what it's like when you're onboarding a new client? One thing that I, I like to start with that I offer is a free consultation. That's, you know, 20 minute free consultation just to connect to get a sense of, first of all, if we're a match, to give them kind of a, a sense of what I do, 
by speaking directly with me and also kind of what that person is, is dealing with or seeking, you know, to have help and support with. I, we, we go into, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I use some, the formats that I've used, but it's kind of been reworked to integrate. Always adapting and evolving. (laughs) Yeah. Adapting and evolving. And then uh, we work with a 90 minute assessment, hearing about their history more, asking questions and talking about lifestyle. Because a lot of what happens in the work that I do with people is that kind of evolve different elements of their their life or their story they may not have been even thought about may come to the forefront and then it's like oh well we let you know we can work on this or uh, an interest or a passion may come forth in the process but we start with that 90 minute i work with a an eight-week program you know eight-week kind of sessions but i also have flexibility if that's not something somebody can do then i'll work with them if they just need a session or, you know, I kind of try to meet people, but I do work with that framework where if you, if you have that eight weeks, you're going to have a much more of a foundation and we can build from that. So there are people who go on and work for years if you can get that foundation in there. Thank you for sharing all of that. So first one is, if you could speak to anyone dead or alive, who would it be? The first person that comes to me is Isadora Duncan. The dancer. Yeah, Yeah. the dancer. What what about her? I I think it's interesting. She was on one level a free spirit, very, very committed to her creative expression and to staying connected to her own truth and following her own vision. But in a very free-spirited way, especially when what she was doing wasn't Things are a lot more open now. <laughs> well, well just to give the people a little bit of insight into Isadora Duncan, give us a little bit of her history, the time, the era that she was in, and the things that she was trying to accomplish in that era. Well, she, I don't know the exact dates of when she was around. I mean, she's the person that really came to my mind. Uh, she might have been the early 19th century. Um, I don't know the exact dates, but um, she was very she was basically one of the pioneers in modern dance and expressive dance. Um, And she created a school. She worked with uh, children. She kind of just took this vision and out of a time when, yeah, that was not what was expected of women to um, express freely, to be comfortable in their bodies, not to be kind of, fitting a role and being very prim and proper and covered up. She really focused on that free, being that free spirit in your expression. And yet she had this structured school that she created. Yeah. She kind of, you know, she, I think of people like her, Frida Kahlo, mm-hmm. like this, this yes. very strong women yes. in a time where it was hard to be a strong woman. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. It, it was going to be met with a lot of resistance. A lot of resistance. Yeah. But they did it. Yeah, they did right. it. And we have them to thank for that as yeah. well. Cause it wasn't, it was not easy. So now, and, and then she, yeah. she also died being a free spirit. <laughs> She's had kind of a, an intense passing, but. So next question is what are maybe the top three resources that have inspired you? Wow. That's, that's a, that's a really, this, that's really distilling it down. And this may be not anything that you were anticipating. They're, they're your resources. 
my top resource is spirit. Okay. Top resource. What spirit. does that mean to source. you? The spirit, the source. I mean, source is is creator, our creator, the the all knowing, all being, omniscient uh, presence of of love that we come from and that we're made of and that we're going to. That's always there, unconditionally loving us and um, guiding us and connecting into that because that that is uh, also it's an intelligence that knows beyond my human comprehension but yet that is that will guide that guides and comforts and protects and supports so that is a source that i will never turn away from because nothing nothing works without that that's the beginning and the end the middle the beginning and the end Another resource would be the earth, Mother Earth, connecting into that life force and always present. Also, I mean, that's divinity as well, but that's, you know, sustenance, our sustenance, inspiration, beauty, you know, just being connected into nature and, and just the amazingness of being on this planet. You know, that we get to have this incredible variety. I know you're Sagittarius. You love to <laughs> experience those adventures, the travels. You know, that's a really big one. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I can't imagine. I'm so grateful to be an earthling. Then another resource, specific kind of resource. You know, I'm going to distill it down to people. It's not, I'm not going to say one specific person, but I'd say people who have been, who've been really loving who are just like where you can go and be guided and learn and grow and be come away feeling so full and so supported. Next question. And here's the time travel question. Okay. This I got to think fast. <laughs> well, it's, uh, this one can get people because it's, okay. it's a little bit of a different twist on a question that people expect, but then the twist is like, Oh, well that's unexpected. Here we go. If you can go back in time and talk to your 18 year old father, what advice would you give him? Hmm. Okay. My 18 year old father. Since you brought him up. Yeah. That's an interesting question. Okay. The advice I would give him is you're a really sensitive soul. It's going to be really important to you to focus on healing your wounds. You went through some really difficult stuff and it's going to be really important for you to be there and heal that and not let that, that those wounds take over because you have a really good heart. And if you don't deal with that, it's gonna it's gonna hurt you. And if you do that, you're gonna be able to really flourish because you're really, really talented, really gifted, and you have a beautiful heart. So really focus on healing it. Heal this heal the scary stuff, face it. Thank you. All right. So next question is are there any questions you would like to ask me? I I know that you have recently moved and then this wonderful big life change. How is how is the community in Colorado Springs? Are you navig- how are you navigating in the pandemic? All right. So I've only been here really three months and just a little cherry on top is that we moved again this weekend because we bought oh. a house. We bought a house. We came and we rented, but with the intention of looking to buy and we we put an offer, we got accepted. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not in Colorado Springs, you don't realize that the housing market here is insane. 
Like I was speaking with a real estate agent and he was telling me that in all of El Paso County, which is a pretty big space that encompasses even more than Colorado Springs, there's only 700, approximately 700 homes for sale at all. So the inventory is very low. Mm -hmm. And then of those 700, only eight of them were under 300,000. And we got ours for like two ninety five. <laughs> so wow, so, that's so amazing. Got, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got we're in. We got something yeah. now. As for the work part, work has been tough because you know the pandemic. Yeah. Made it tougher because, like, I knew I was going to take a hit moving out here anyway. But taking a hit yeah. in a normal world where you can go out and meet people yeah. and do things. Yeah, I, I can you relate. Can, <laughs> you can, yeah, you know, you're feeling the same thing. You can grow yeah. a little bit more efficiently because you're out and about. But yeah. when you move to a place and you can't really go places, like you can do some Zoom things here, and but nobody has, hasn't really met you and really yes. felt your energy and all that. Now yeah. in saying that, I have been networking like a mad person out here. Yes, I have been going to every single networking thing I can possibly get to, yeah. specifically if they're in person. Like I yeah. went to Toastmasters, I've joined like five networking groups and the people here are really super cool. The thing is that yeah. this place is a beautiful place, number one. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, almost everybody here is active and you know, I know I'm speaking to the choir here, but how much research do we need to read that confirms that exercise is going to make you psychologically better, emotionally better, spiritually better? So you mm-hmm. have a bunch of people here who just exercise. Right. And a distinction between Miami and here is that actually two distinctions between Miami and here is that here or in Miami, people work out more for vanity. You know, yes. people want to yeah. look good where people here want to perform good, it'll give you the same outcome in that you'll have a body that's strong and, you know, mm-hmm. flexible and stable and all that. But the, the, the foundations are different. Yeah. People are, not that they don't care about their looks, but it's not look driven. It's performance driven. Right. So that's one of the first distinctions. Second distinction, and I think it's not specifically Miami. I think it's just big cities as opposed to places that are not as big. Because Mm -hmm. Colorado Springs, what makes this place, I think, so unique is that it's got right in the middle of that feel of being a big city, but still feeling like a small town at the same time. And yeah, I love that. That's a great combination. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like you're overrun. Yeah. But you can still have, you know, there's still things to do. There's some nightlife. There's things. It's just all of it has been curtailed by COVID. To finish that point, the big difference between like a city and a place like this is that in the cities, it's way more transactional. It's like, okay, you have what I need. Give me, I'll give you some money and that's it. Where here, it's very relationship-based. It's better, but it takes longer to build because relationships take time to build. They're just not like, hey, I'm here and that's it. Right, right, right. So I'm navigating making less financially, trying to not get caught up in the energy that that can make one feel. Mm -hmm. Because again, much like you, you know, which is why I get along with you so much. This is happening for us, not to us. And there's going to be opportunity if you keep that mindset of opportunity is always around the corner or not even always around. Opportunity is always in your face. Is that Mm -hmm. some of them are, are for you and some of them are not. Mm -hmm. You have to choose them. So I am caught in that 
I feel the fire of, you know, we just bought a home. We need to pay for this home. <laughs> They're right. thinking of shutting down again. And how am I going to navigate all of these things yes. and continue yes. to embrace the journey? So that's where right. I am with all of that. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I totally you know, hear again, you. Again, we can yeah. focus on the part that breaks us down or we can focus on the part that will build us. Right. And I choose Absolutely. to focus on the side that builds. So thank you for asking that question. And our yeah. last question is, uh, where can we find more Morgan? Tell us all the places that uh, Morgan is uh, putting out <laughs> this fantastic energy. Okay. Well, you can find me in the park. You can find me on the beach. <laughs> um, you can actually, but no, I have, well, my website is morgandenay.com. Really straightforward. I have a strange spelling to my name, but you, you know what that is. So <laughs> mm -hmm. Instagram, Morgan Denae Wellness. And then as a dancer, Morgan Gaia Dancer, I have a Facebook business page. It's not, it, it's kind of more of a kind of a standing website, but it's there, uh, Morgan Dene Wellness. Uh, and I'm actually, this week is the week I'm going to really, f I've decided it's, it's a good thing to focus on uh, building a YouTube channel. Okay. So yeah, so I can't say that's a happening thing yet, but it's coming. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. now we all know where we can find more Morgan, and she is a fantastic energy to uh, get connected with. So look her up. So Thanks. that is our episode for today. If you thought this uh, was a fantastic episode, please like, share, and rate the episode. If uh, you feel the message resonated with you, you can find this and past episodes of Wait on YouTube. And remember, Wait is spelled W-E-Y-T, which stands for What's Engaging Your Thoughts. So again, on YouTube, it's Wait Show, Facebook, Wait Show, Instagram, Wait Show. And if you'd like to schedule a call with me, you can send me an email at waitshow at gmail.com. And in closing, like always, time and attention is the greatest gift we can give to each other. So here's to spreading more peace, love, and smile. Nice.